This is Jones Financial Talk with Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Nick provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Jones Financial Talk with your host, Nick Jones. Well, hello and welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. This is Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Listeners, as always, if you'd like more information about what you hear on our fine show today, you can go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. There's a radio page on there that you can click on and you can subscribe to this program on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, Every week, my co-host, Mr. Tony Shore, and I try to come up with some ideas. And I actually asked uh, last week any listeners that were listening to the show if they had any specific topics that they wanted us to cover. And, you know, one that is pretty timely that I thought we'd bring to your attention today is um, alternatives for uh, your cash options. Lots of savers are reassessing their cash options to find the best mix of yield and safety today. Um, and so that's going to be our topic for today. But before we talk about that, let me bring in my co-host, Mr. Tony Shore, to help us with that topic. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing great, Nick, and I, I'm really happy to be here on the show with you, but I'm a little disappointed you didn't go with the topic I suggested, and I keep suggesting this topic, and you never pick it. What is that? Uh, why chickens hate snowblowers. <laughs> oh, you know they do. Tony is uh, from the Midwest, for those of you who don't know, in, in Minnesota, and uh, he loves these types of things. I love it, Tony. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, that's, uh, I'm just here to bring the noise. You, you have the actual content uh, that will help us. I mean, interest-bearing accounts uh, are there are different options, I guess, and I think that's good. People need to figure this out because. Obviously, we need to make interest, take advantage of compounding interest. So I'm excited about the topic today, but I've been good. You know, I traveled a little bit a couple weeks ago and I'm just, I'm getting back into the swing of things. It's been busy ever since I got back. That's the problem if you take a few days off, Nick. Yeah, definitely. You come back and you got tons to do. I, I mean, agree you wouldn't you. know that because you never take vacation or time <laughs> off. Uh, you never let me. I always have to do the radio show with you and you never yeah. let me off the hook. You know, If you're going anywhere, it's usually a work trip. There's usually a financial conference that you're speaking at or meeting with uh, top advisors from all over the world. I love that. So, And lots of times you're there with me, so we have fun with yeah. uh, the different topics after the fact. You're right. I'm this. I'm just there to crack bad dad jokes. You know that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You always yep. keep me happy and and, and laughing, Tony. <laughs> Good. Good. So with our topic today, interest-bearing accounts, uh, what are the options out there? Where do you want to begin? Yeah. So there's lots of uh, uh, options available today. And, you know, things have changed so drastically in just the last 12 months because yeah. of interest rate movements up that there's tons of things we can discuss. But, you know, the first thing I'd say and that we've talked about on multiple shows before is you definitely need to establish an emergency fund with your savings account uh, before you think about any other options. And everybody says, well, what what amount should that be? And it clearly is different for every single person. Uh, A lot of it has to do with how stable your income is. I mean, if you're getting good pension payments and you're getting good social security payments and steady income, maybe you don't need to leave as much in your savings account. But most people should leave somewhere between three and six months in an emergency fund, Tony, first of all. 
even if it's going to mean that you're not going to get much, uh, much return from that specific investment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I get it. And so some people are looking for safety and as much return as they can get, but they still want to have some principal protection or safety. And some people are probably saying, Hey, I want to make as much interest as possible and I'm willing to risk it. Yeah. And you know, part of, part of this change and the reason why it's a good topic today and has been for the last year or so is, you know, most people in the last 10 or 12, 15 years haven't gotten anything in, 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 you know, interest for their savings. And <laughs> right. It's been between zero and 2%, right? <laughs> Not even zero and 0. 0.2, you know? And so, yeah. but, um, and so it's, it's easy for us to forget that when times change drastically, like they have that you can look at other options. And so I've got lots of clients that come in and have lots and lots of cash on the sidelines. And it's not necessarily money that they ever wanted to put in the markets, but it is something that they'd like to make money on. And so lots of different things have happened. You know, last month we talked a lot about on the show about the bank failures that happened and, you know, combined with a very, very healthy yield advantage over bank deposit accounts, there's just been what I would call a super surge of assets into money market accounts and different interest bearing accounts. And so I thought we'd talk about some of those today. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago, like we talked about, you're getting nothing. And actually 15 years ago or so was really the last time that we got anything on uh, these liquid accounts to, to even talk about. Um, right. And so the ones that typically come to mind that everybody knows about is uh, obviously other than your checking account, it's just a savings account or a membership account, say at your credit union. And I want you to make sure that if, if you think that you're getting a good rate and either your savings account or your membership account, really look at the fine details. And, and part of the reason for that, Tony, is lots of credit unions and banks will kind of lure you in with, um, with a really, really hot rate. They'll say, you're going to get five or 6% in your savings account or membership account with us. But if you read the fine lines, it actually says what? Maybe on the first $500, you'll get that rate. But everything else, you're not going to get that rate. It's a very, very small amount that they're actually going to pay pay to you. Okay. Yeah, um, on the first 500 bucks or something. It, yeah, it, exactly. Well, and if you can even find that, I mean, my bank, I, I'm like, I'm listening to talk going, wait, bank accounts pay interest? <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. I don't think I, I don't <clears throat> think my savings account at my little bank is paying me interest and if they are it's pennies a year. And it's it's funny because especially with the big banks there's a huge disparity in just a retail investor and then an institutional investor. What do I mean by oh, that? Sure. A retail yeah. investor gets next to nothing in their in their money market or savings account but an institutional investor can get 3 4 5% a year. And so you just have to know what to ask for and what to look for. And so let's talk through a couple of those things. Um, outside of those basic accounts we just discussed at banks, you're going to next look at probably some short-term instruments like CDs, let's say. Right. And, you know, so today there's some decent rates available. Um, it's been interesting for me to see how quickly banks have reduced their rates on CDs and the terms that they're willing to pay. And so, you know, uh, when interest rates started moving up quickly, say six months ago or three months, three to six months ago, they were going out one and a half to two years on the CD rates that they're offering that were pretty attractive. And today yeah. it's more like six months or nine months yeah. you know, or 11 months. And, but the rates are still decent. They're, they're somewhere between three and 4%, let's say, depending on the credit union that you go to. Typically these are FDIC insured and, you know, and, and they're a good option. 
The risk that you run using something like this is when the CD matures, what are you going to do at that point? Yeah. Have rates gone up or have they gone down? If they've yeah, gone a lot up, of people it's an think, advantage. well, just put it in a new CD. Well, where are the rates going to be? That's, that's right. That's the thing. And, and then, what are the terms going to be? They might. You might have had a two-year at 6% or 5%, although that's a little on the high side for a CD even. I think at their peak, they were between three and five, but yep. but uh, but they're not there now. And the terms are like, hey, you can get a six month, <laughs> right? So that's exactly they're not right. willing to give you that higher interest rate for a long period, longer, not that long, but longer period of time. Right. So. And so, you know, you ha- that's interest rate risk that we're taking on, right? And, and so everybody wants to time things as perfectly as possible. You never know if rates are going to keep going up or not. We think that rates will probably go up one more time with the Federal Reserve. Typically, short-term rates are tied very closely to what the Fed does. Um, and so the, the next option is a longer-term CD, like you said. But the banks are betting today that interest rates are not going to stay higher for longer. And you see that because they don't even offer anything over a 12-month CD no. that has an attractive rate. I mean, I looked the other day at, at the, the three of the five largest banks and a couple of our local credit unions. And let's say you can get 4% in a six-month CD. In a two-year CD, they're only offering 2%. Right. So what that tells yeah. you is they don't yeah. want, no. you know, that they're discouraging you from putting it into something like that. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Uh, but there are alternatives to a CD outside the banking system. I don't know if that that's where you're going to head at some point in the show. But, yep. You and know, so that, I know that when those interest rates started going up, MIGAs, a lot of people went with MIGAs, right? Yep. And, and, and so actually the next spot I was going to run to, which is to keep things as liquid as possible for clients in some type of investment account is like money market options. Sure. So money market accounts, you know, invest in very short term, high quality debt. And actually in March of this year, just last month, we had the third largest inflows ever into money market funds. And a lot of that had to do with the fact uh, that the the banking industry had some significant turmoil. Um, There was $345 billion that went into money market funds just last month alone, Tony. Wow. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you look at the top 25 largest commercial banks, uh, they saw their deposits climb by about $18 billion in March. So far below the $345 billion that went into money market funds. And unfortunately for smaller banks, their deposits dropped by about $212 billion during that same time period. And so what does that tell you? Most people took money out of their smaller banks and credit unions, and some of them went to the larger banks, but lots and lots and lots went to money market funds. Okay. So if somebody says, well, how do I get a money market fund? They, yeah, can, so, come, so they can come to you, right? Most of your financial advisors are going to be able to offer something that is a liquid account. The advantage of a money market uh, uh, fund is that it's typically has daily liquidity, meaning you can get your money back whenever you need it. It, it pays uh, whatever the going interest rate is today. So if you bought a CD three months ago, most likely the money market account today is going to be paying you a better, better yield than what the CD did because rates are higher. So it fluctuates. You have to understand that money market accounts do fluctuate with what interest rates are doing. As the Fed raises rates or lowers rates, um, that has a direct effect on what you're going to get from a money market portfolio. Um, Also, Tony, there are 
there, there's hundreds of different types of money market funds. Can a you year, lose money in a money market then? Yes. And that's exactly what I was going to mention. And so depending on what the, the portfolio manager is doing in the money market fund, yes, they're investing in very secure securities and usually very, very short term. But sure. we saw just last month how banks failed, even though they were using U.S. treasuries on their own balance sheets. Um and so you have to think about safety. You have to think about what you're trying to accomplish. You have to think about your time horizon, just like anything. This is a cash management portfolio that you just you just need to get right. I mean, clearly, first and foremost, you don't want to lose money. But most of the time, any short-term fluctuations in these portfolios are completely offset by the actual yield that you're getting. And so if you can get 4 4 5% on your money and it be completely liquid, something you definitely need to consider, right? Sure. Well, sure. Uh, but it depends, like you said, on your time horizon, your personal individual situation. And that's why you need to work with a financial professional and advisor like yourself, who's a fiduciary, who's going to look out for your best interests. Now, uh, if our listeners want to get a plan in place or look at some of these options, how can they get a hold of you, Nick? Yep. So the easiest way is just to go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. We don't really discuss and talk about specific products on our website, but you can request um, you know, information about whatever you hear on the show or anything that's interesting, uh, interesting to you and uh, be happy to reach out and talk with you about your specific situation. Yeah. Yeah. Or give us ideas on what you want to hear about, but uh, reach out, contact us, uh, contact Nick and the staff there. I think that's amazing. So where do you want to head next with this topic? Sure. So, so far we've basically talked about banks and we've talked also about money market funds, which is kind of the first thing that you would move into as an investor to try to get more yield. Sure. Um, one thing we didn't mention, um, and before I clarify with the next idea, we should talk about, um, so how does a bank make money? Um, you know, a bank makes money by taking deposits in from you, paying you something for it or nothing if it's in your checking account and then loaning <laughs> the money back out. And so most banks that are healthy banks have a solvency ratio of about 50 to 60%, meaning at any given time, if all of their investors and depositors came to them and said, give me my money back, they typically have about 50 to 60% on the books. The other 40% wow. or 50% is loaned it's out. Invested. It's yeah. loaned out, right? Because that's how they're making their to money. To make interest, yeah. Well, if you want to get a higher yield than a bank, depending on what's going on um, economically, there is a sweet spot where you can get that. One of the options is um, going to life insurance companies, annuity companies. Sure. These are typically what are called multi-year guaranteed annuities, which you the mentioned MIGA. a yep. little earlier in the show, a MIGA for short. And these are basically in their barest form, a CD that's issued by a life insurance company. Okay. Sure. And they can be in any term, one, two, three, five, seven, ten 10 year terms. And there are some advantages to them. So one, the solvency ratios at insurance companies are much, much higher than banks because they can't act as a bank. They cannot loan your money out. And so if you're looking at um, an investment grade insurance company, typically their solvency ratios are 110, 120%. Right. They, got, they have to have more than enough to pay back all of the all of what they owe. That's exactly right. But the important thing here is the reason why that's important for us is how can they entice investors to give them capital? They have to do it by having a higher rate than a bank or have a longer term than a bank. Yeah. Otherwise, why would you give your money to them? Right. right? Um, now, uh, uh, additionally, other than having the solvency, that's nice, a nice backer. Typically, 
um, most of these products are not FDIC insured, but they are insured by the state you live in in some situations. So yep. you need to stipulate that and talk with your advisor about it to make sure that you've got some adequate coverage. But why are we talking about this? So today, based on what we've talked about so far, in a short-term CD, let's say you can get three, three and a half percent. In a money market portfolio, let's say you can get four percent. Problem with both of those situations is when rates go down, you're not locked into anything and you're back in a situation where you're not getting anything any longer. Right. So I think we're getting close to the top of the rate curve and what the Federal Reserve is going to do. I don't think they're going to raise rates another couple of percent. I think they're going to go up a little bit more. And so if we're getting closer to the top, you can get a three-year multi-year guaranteed annuity today paying five and a half to six percent. Now, what does that do? It locks your money up for three years, but it also guarantees that rate for three years. It locks in the rate. Exactly. And you're just using that rate as an example. Definitely. Now, it's always going to be higher than a money market. It's always going to be higher than a CD, pretty much. But in today's numbers, that's about the difference. And so, as you can see, the insurance companies are willing to entice investors with time. They will lock your money in at that better rate for a longer period of time than you're going to be able to get at a bank or anywhere else. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. And I know a lot of people went to the MIGA uh, when these interest rates started going up. Definitely. This is a great option. Now there's a couple other things that are good about those, uh, but they're not right for everybody. You know, right. they, they de- defer the interest until the end of the term. Um, so you don't pay any interest uh, on an annual basis uh, on any of the MIGAs until you actually cash them out. Uh, so they are a nice, consistent, um, predictable, uh, option for some people, Tony. Yeah. Um, there's lots of other places that we so can they go don't to. have the same liquidity though, either. So you're That's giving right. up, you're giving up a little bit of liquidity yep. for a, a higher locked in percentage. They're, they're closer to the liquidity options that you get in a CD, right? In a CD, you're locked in for the amount of time as well. Right. And if right. you take it out early, the prepayment penalty typically is what your interest that you're getting. Right. So MIGAs work in a similar way, but you definitely want to sit down and talk to your advisor about those if there's something that's that's yeah, you don't to want you. to put all your money in a three year MIGA or a huge chunk of your money in a three year MIGA. If you're going to need part of it in in a year or two, you might need it for, you know, pay your kids college or a car for your grandkids or something like that. Right. You know, you bring up a really good point there. So what that comes down to is the suitability of the fiduciary that you're working with. Right. And. Uh, I ask people about this all the time. When you go into a bank and you sit down with the banker and they say, hey, why don't you take some of the money out of your savings account and put it in a CD? <clears throat> Are they asking the correct questions about how suitable that is for you? You know, that, right. that that's one question you definitely need to address. Um, a true fiduciary, when they fill out applications, is going to make sure that you have appropriate liquidity needed to be able to, uh, to, to weather any type You're of You're going to ask them what their plan is over that term. <clears throat> like in the net, within the next three years, are you going to need a new home or move or need a new vehicle or so you, you, and where will that money come from? Because it can't come from this money. That's right. Yeah. So that's right. So, so, so far, Tony, in the show, we've talked about pretty much interest bearing accounts that have some type of guarantee or some type of backing or, or that are historically extremely, extremely conservative, right? Yes. Where, Uh, where like in the case of an annuity or a MIGA, your principal is at least protected. That's right. And same with the CDs with FDIC insurance, typically same with some of the money markets, depending on what you're looking at. Uh, Same with your bank accounts up to FDIC insurance of 250,000. But a lot of people say, well, that's great. Thanks for explaining all those different kind of 
secure investments, but what else do you got? What else is out there? Yeah. How can I make 10% or more? Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, kind of the next step up from what we just talked about in the multi-year guaranteed annuity is obviously going to be some type of short-term bond. Um, Typically, people use different bond portfolios that are either corporate bonds or treasury bonds. um, And they are, you know, in that two to three year range and maybe maybe trying to mimic and get something like what you're going to get in a MIGA, five, five and a half, six percent. The difference is in this situation with the bond, unfortunately, as many of our investors learned last year, you can lose value. Yeah. Bonds can go down in value. Last year. An inverted yield curve on bonds. That means you can be upside down in a bond. Right. I mean, for virtually 40 years, bond portfolios, when they said they're going to pay you 5%, paid you 5%, and your principal basically was pretty steady and always there. Last year, if you would have been invested in a in a long term bond portfolio, your your principal would have decreased by twelve to fifteen percent. Yikes! Wow, that's terrible, right? Well, and it, and it's a huge wake up call, or a, a you know, it's like getting a bucket of ice water dumped over your head because <laughs> for forty years they said they'd pay you five percent. They paid five percent. You knew you were going to make money on it, and you knew how much. Yep. Uh, last year. Uh, not only did you not make the 5%, you lost 10 to 12 to 15%. Exactly. And, and you know, the interesting thing that I keep thinking about coming back to is just a very, very short period of time ago, 12 months, we were in a situation in this country where retirees could not go out and get guaranteed good rates of return to live on for their income. I mean, most people think if I can get five, 6% a year, I can live off the interest of my investments and the principal will always be there and we'll be good, right? Uh, but but we couldn't do that. Like for the last 12 years, we couldn't do that. And so there's other options that are available today that pay a much higher yield than what we've talked about. Typically, though, they do have risk. And so kind of the next step up from those bond portfolios would be some type of absolute yield portfolio where you're trying to maximize the amount of income and interest that you're making off your principal. And these come in a lot of different fashions, uh, not to bore you, but just to give you an idea, they are typically blended um, with things like, you know, preferred stock of different organizations and real estate, lots of real estate investments. Sure. Okay. Um, dividend paying equities. That's right. Um, all of these things not only can appreciate in value, but they also pay you some type of a monthly quarterly or annual dividend. And these, so, so like high, high blue chip dividend paying stocks is what you're talking that's about right. or real estate accounts. So, right. So you look at a so stock like the that, gradient G50 is an account yep. that we've looked at. That's really done well over the years, even in down markets, it's not been down as much as the S and P things like that. Yeah. So a perfect example is what you just mentioned, right? So in that portfolio, there's 50 individual stocks that all pay about a three and a half to 4% dividend. And those companies are growing their dividends every year. So we're trying to increase the income that you're going to get no matter what happens um, at the company level. And so in a, in a situation like we had last year, or let's say in a situation where the market's completely flat and the stock price does not go up, at least you're making the dividend payment for that stock. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and so the, the, that's a, a great option as well. It's huge. Um, now there's clearly way more risk when you look at those types of portfolios and investments, but there's way more opportunity for gain. Some of those can be up 10, 12% a year. 
And so, you know, it's, it's once again, looking at what your options are that are available, thinking about how much you want to be completely secure and then how much you're willing to take some risk with to try to get a much better rate of return. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. So, and it's usually you have to sacrifice one thing for the other. If you want liquidity, um, you might not get as much uh, interest or growth. If you want safety where your principal's protected, you might not get as much growth. If you want a lot of growth, you might have to give up liquidity or you might have to give up, uh, you know, uh, you know, take risk on your principal too. Right. And is and that how it works? It, it, Usually yes. you can have two of the three, but not all three growth, uh, uh, growth, liquidity and safety. Right. Yep. Exactly. That's some type of mix of those. And that's exactly the point that I was trying to make on the show, you know, today, I mean, we talked a lot about different products and different solutions that you can use. But the thing is, the thing to really think through is this. Don't just let your money sit in cash at the bank and let them make money on your money. That's how they make the money. All of the money that's sitting in your checking account, you got a hundred grand sitting in checking account, making no interest. The bank overnight is just investing that money and making four to 5% on it today. So yeah. don't let them do it. Do it yourself. Yeah. Right? And but, most savings accounts, even you, you say checking savings don't pay much either. They don't. They still are not. They are. The banks are forcing you to make a change, um, you know, mentally and move your money from that checking or savings account to a different solution to be able to get some type of interest. Yeah. And that's a marketing thing for them. So why? Because most people won't do it. And, and then the money just continues to sit there and the banks make more money. I mean, banks are going to make good money when the interest rates go up, even if they don't issue tons of loans like they do when interest rates are down. They're yeah. just making money on the cash deposits. So yep. uh, the point I was trying to make today is, you know, there's so many different options available. And uh, a very important part of your overall retirement plan is your cash management strategy. So talk to your advisor about it. Make sure that you are getting the most that you can for the amount of risk that you want to take, like Tony and I talked about. Um, don't sit in an environment where the market might be flat for the next couple of years, but you could be getting five or six or 7% invested in some of these interest-bearing accounts and, and wait for the market to hopefully rebound and start acting more like normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. And, and have a balance. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. But we're out of time, Nick. Really quick, let our listeners know about the website one more time. Sure thing. If you just go to jonesfinancialtalk.com, lots of great information on there. And I would um, I would urge you to check it out and also request topics for our show like this one. Hopefully it was helpful today. Try to be educational. Uh, thanks for your help, Mr. Shore, uh, in making the show good today. All right. Thank you, Nick. Great show. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of Jones Financial Talk. Thank you for listening to Jones Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Nick Jones at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Call 541-773-9567 or visit their website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. 
based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Jones and Associates Premier Financial Solutions, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Insurance products and services are offered through Jones and Associates Insurance Solutions. Jones and Associates Premier Financial Solutions and Jones and Associates Insurance Solutions are affiliated companies. Nick Jones and Jones and Associates Premier Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.